I've got a comment and a question and then a comment after I ask you the question. So, so the, comment, for it. the comment is, I admire the boldness in that call, especially the specificity of the time frame. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Thank you for joining me this evening for episode number 60 of the Tesla Q podcast. Any any final words before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, so are you buying the dip in anything right now or not really? I actually am very long right now. Um, I, I think there's going to be a, a bit of a rally at least to the uptrend, as I've, I've tweeted uh, in reply to Jen, Mr. Jin, our technical analysis guru on Twitter, uh, I, I do think that there will be a rally in the near future. And I think what truly the inflection point for the market is going to be could very well be next approximately Tuesday, the 23rd, I think, of March 2020. Maybe it's 24th. I not sure the exact date, but Tuesday of next week. And I think what's going to determine the direction of whether we either bounce down from that downtrend or break through it to the upside is whether we truly get this virus licked. So if there's truly a, a cure or an effective treatment for the virus that's proven to be relatively definitive over the next three to four days, I think that's what's going to be the, the difference between whether there's a, a breakthrough to the upside or a bounce back down from that downtrend line that's already in place. Uh, the way I've got it drawn on my charts, which are on Twitter, if you're interested in technical analysis, you can you can look at my Twitter account, go to the media tab, look for, look for uh, either, I think it's a either an ES chart uh, for the mini futures or an SPX chart. And there's a downtrend line and it, it only has really two touch points. One basically at the high, just before the market started going down. And then one, one other touch point, I don't remember the exact day, but one of the, one of the rallies, the only real big rally that's, that's happened so far during this downtrend. And if you look at that line and then, uh, I think earlier tonight on the the 19th of March, I drew the point where I think it could hit again. So I think that's the that's the pivot point of whether we bounce down from that point or go up if we actually do have a legitimate cure for this virus. So that's my that that's my market call, and that's it. I mean, I don't I don't want to overstate things, but that's really i i see that being a definitive depression versus not a depression market call which that's pretty pretty heavy to to make but but i think that's i think that's where we're at over the next five days for i mean 
seriously i that's that's my viewpoint and so i'm just uh i'm just a mid-30s person who's been doing technical analysis for under two years but that's that's how i see things right now so i've um, got i've got a comment and a question and then a comment after i ask you the question so, so the comment for it the comment is i admire the boldness in that call especially the specificity of the time frame and i look forward to finding out whether or not you're right and right now as kind of a general market hedge and position i actually have a lot of april 17th 300 spy calls just because they get dirt cheap when the market goes down so you know i don't think that we're getting back to 300 but it's the type of thing where i'm I've got a long position as well. So if we get that bounce, I'm all for it. So so the comment is, I'm on board with you. And I'm very interested to see whether it happens. I, I do not necessarily hold faith that we're going to have find a miracle cure in the next couple of days. But you never know. You never know if something is going to be deployed at a hospital and proven to be very effective. Uh, so question leading up to my comment of talking my own book is, other than being generally long, is there anything specific that you've bottom fed on here that you, you know, like the business, like the stock, or you just kind of market long for the bounce overall? I've actually bought a lot of long positions lately. Uh, some of my favorite ones or the ones that I think have had the most potential. Uh, 3M is one that I've, I've bought recently. Uh, I, I bought some shares and I bought a, a call position. Uh, actually, I think 2022 call position, $150 strike, I think. I might sell that tomorrow on the 20th of March, uh, depending on what the market does, to just to aggressively take some profits. Uh, Square got really cheap. I was actually looking at charts uh, in the brief time after I got home earlier before we started recording this podcast, and there was a there were some ridiculous percentage rises today on some of my holdings um i, I own some some coal stocks uh metallurgical coal one of those was up 70 percent today alliance resource limited partners i'm not saying i recommend anybody buy that it has a ridiculous dividend yield or it, it did when it was four dollars a share and under four dollars a share yesterday and earlier this morning uh but it ended the day at five something like five i don't remember exactly but that was a ridiculous gain. Uh, there were, I this is roughly off the top of my head, but 10 to 12 uh, different long positions that I hold a, at least a small position in that were up 10% or more today uh, on the 19th of, of March. So uh, Twitter, I bought some Twitter this morning. I, I swing traded some Twitter calls this morning when it got down to, under $21 a share. I actually, I think I caught the bottom at like 2066. Um, and it was over 24 most of the latter part of the day or high 23s. Uh, so Twitter, I'm a big believer in Twitter as a platform's potential. I feel like it's been mismanaged uh, due to, due partially to Jack Dorsey being split between Square and Twitter. I actually have a Square long position uh, with some calls. I don't remember the time frame off the top of my head. It's either June 2020 or, or it might be 2021 or 2022. Uh, so a lot longer dated. 
Uh, so Square and Twitter, despite the fact that Jack Dorsey remains the CEO of both, uh, for a number of months there, I was I was pretty pretty down on Jack uh, due to his water carrying for Elon Musk. We'll see what happens uh, t- just today on the 19th of, of March. Uh, Twitter has instituted a new policy to help protect people against misinformation and bad information related to the coronavirus. And Elon Musk has been basically the poster child of violating those rules. So we'll see if uh, if those rules actually get enforced in in the case of Elon Musk. I have serious doubts that they will not be enforced. Uh, serious doubts that they will be enforced. I, I seriously doubt that they'll be enforced. So we'll see what happens with that. But at with the, with the share price declines, Square, Twitter got really cheap. Uh, Zscaler got super cheap. I, I wish I'd loaded up on some calls when it was down below 40 yesterday. Um, that's uh, a couple long calls, long, long ideas that I have. Uh, there's a number of other ones. My, I, I was really concentrated with trying to keep my number of positions I was looking at to like under 15, but it's gotten to be 35 to 40 or 50 recently. On the short side, I still really like Netflix. They burn so much cash and their share prices held up uh, surprisingly well. Uh, well, not surprisingly because of the, the false, falsely believed thesis of, oh, they'll do fine through the coronavirus. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of meat on the Netflix bone, uh, particularly if, if uh, we do get that bounce to that downtrend line that then it fails for further downside that would be an excellent excellent time to to short netflix in my opinion though this podcast is never investment advice clearly but uh carvana i think very well could be bankrupt very very quickly maybe within the next month or so um my other so tesla and netflix are my two biggest shorts right now i don't really have any other of, of any appreciable size. I think Carvana's third. That's just a few ideas to throw out there. I think that's a, that's a helpful rundown and I will segue and put the pontificate and talk my book. So I I've had no position in Netflix in any time in the past couple of years, but I agree that it's probably one of the best short setups in a while. And it's just hilarious and still an example of how fictional the market is that is held up because, you know, everyone's staying in Netflix, Netflix and chilling during this, but, you know, there is no incremental revenue to be derived. And if anything, there's additional cost because I have no idea if they rent out their movies on a, you know, just unlimited basis or if they're paying, you know, some per view fee to people, but either way there is, I would assume, essentially zero revenue upside and potentially some cost downside to people staying in and watching Netflix. So it's been very funny that it's held up and, you know, been a sort of contrarian virus play when in reality, there's no, no basis in that. Um, and I will segue into talking the, my couple ideas, which once again are, you know, probably the opposite of things that anybody should do, but the same way you like Twitter. And I think we talked about this on Twitter I like Pinterest for kind of the same reason in terms of it's very cheap eyeballs. They're down from, 
I think, you know, twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars a share to as low as maybe as high as thirty five even. Yeah, as low as crazy. As low as ten. And I had some I had some good buys earlier earlier this week, but you know, it's the same way where they're very unique at what they do. You know, Twitter is FinTwit, Twitter is, you know, comedy. It's like nothing other in terms of the way that you interact with people, et cetera. There's value to that. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, well, so I wouldn't say short Twitter, but I'm not long Twitter. But, you know, I think the monetization aspects of Twitter, I'm sure it could be improved. But, you know, I think the best opportunity Twitter has is probably charging people to sign up for a premium membership that allows them to have additional functionality or, you know, not have advertisements or whatever. So Pinterest is kind of the same way where they're in their infancy in terms of monetization, in terms of, I think they do very little right now, but they have, if nothing, you know, they have, they have the easiest click through affiliate type of platform possible in terms of I'm pinning this engagement ring, I'm pinning this wedding dress, you know, it's from this, vendor let's click through and you know pinterest gets a cut and the pinner gets a cut as well and to my knowledge they haven't really deployed that yet um but it's the same way where they have a lot of eyeballs in a niche like twitter that nobody else has and nobody else will ever have because it's a very unique thing and it's just underappreciated so i i wish i would have i mean it, it hasn't rallied that much off the lows i think it closed at you know 1250 or something today off of a low of 10 or something like that so it's still down, you know, 50 plus percent and up 15 or 20 percent from the lows. But, uh, but so I, I bought some Pinterest, I'm going to hold for the long term. My other two ideas that I'm going to sell here, but once again, I'm not actually selling them. They're probably terrible ideas, so don't believe me. One of them is Nokia, which they have been talking about for a while. And that's a nationalistic play in terms of, you know, the global economy is sputtering right now, but eventually we're all going to need 5G to power our cell phones, to power you know business networks and you know, smart sensors everywhere and things like that. And Nokia is the best, in my limited understanding, non-Huawei play on who can power that economy. And they, through both their own lack of execution as well as this global drawdown you know they're down from five or six dollars a share to 250 or something like that so you know i I see them getting taken out by u.s private equity firm or you know a european consortium or something like that it probably back at five dollars a share or something like that and then not the distant future because we're going to need to pick up the pieces and build up the telecom economy and you know just really the infrastructure for our society going forward, no matter whether or not we're in a recession or not. So I think that's quite a safe play, especially at these levels. Um, But then again, you know, it's gone down 5% a day, pretty much every day in this overall decline. So uh, who knows what's safe anymore. And then my last one, which is probably the baggiest uh, gamble of all is Sabre, which is S-A-B-R ticker, I believe, and S-A-B-R-E company name, I believe. And they're basically the back end booking system of all corporate travel and general travel throughout the entire world. I think that they do a lot of air travel, but then they also specialize in hotels and things like that. Um, But, you know, if if you search Google flights or if you search Priceline, basically the Sabre is what is behind that actually powering the results. And, you know, they get software to service platform fees, but I think they got a lot of 
fees off of the actual booking. So they're going to certainly take a hit in the short term when nobody's booking any type of travel whatsoever. But, you know, they were $20 stock, you know, six weeks ago, and they are a $4 stock today. And I don't think they have any immediate, immediate liquidity issues and they have suspended their dividend. I think they've actually, uh, stop pay raises and things like that, which perhaps is not a good sign of the sustainability of the company. But you know, I, I think that I tweeted today and talked about perhaps earlier with you or somebody else, but in my opinion, enterprise value to EBITDA is the most important metric if you're looking at distressed company. And Saber made like a, a billion dollars a year in EBITDA during the sort of normal times. And their enterprise value right now is about $4 billion. And granted, they're not going to make a billion dollars even next year. You know, it might be 500 million, it might be nothing. But if they're sort of normalized, run rate EBITDA is a billion dollars a year, you know, any strategic or advantageous private equity firm would pick them up at four times normalized EBITDA, even if you got to wait a couple of years to make that payoff. So, so that's my riskiest play. And, you know, airlines have been down 70%, they might go down another 50%. You know, Sabre's been down 70%, they might go down another 50% as well. So I, I'm sort of at a, third of a third of a position right now but if we're talking about potential bounce back plays for the normalization of the economy that that's my hottest long idea in terms of something that has been beaten down but you know over the long term will be a sustainable business sounds good i'm i'm gonna have to pull up their chart before i even piece together the the pieces of the audio for this podcast um well, Elmer, thank you for joining. This has been episode number 60 of the Tesla Q podcast. We're going to call this the end of the episode. And you can hang on afterwards, Elmer. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.